0: I think you guys can clap louder than that, can't you? Wow. I'm getting my gift that I got for Father's Day. My son got me. After I bought a table, um, and I said, I'm going to use this table. I'm not the type of guy to flip-flop. When I start something, I'm going to finish it. But he bought me this cool gift. So guess what? I'm going to flip-flop. All righty. Amen. How many enjoyed worship this morning? You know, as we talk about miracles, talk about the Holy Spirit and how he works, he works in different ways. He's such a gentleman and you see the manifestation of the spirit in different ways and able to see it manifest today when you're doing worship and stuff. Because God loves agreement. God loves unity in the spirit. When we're all praising God, he loves that. And what happens is he shows up and does amazing things. Some people might just get a touch one way, some will get another way. But where his presence is, is that's where there's freedom. Where his presence is, that's where there's healing. Where his presence is, that's where all deliverance comes. So what you always want to do in life and anything that you do as a Christian, you want to stay in God's presence. But you don't have to wait till Sunday morning to be in his presence. You can be in his presence on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. When you get up in the morning, he's meeting you with mercy and grace. He's saying, good morning. Now praise me and I will come and show up. So if you make your missing God, just worship him. He'll be right there. Amen. And what we want to do is continue with our um, um, miracle series. This one's called a purpose of the miraculous, because everything that happens while we have miracles is a purpose. God has a purpose in mind. And we're going to go out of of the book of Acts chapter 3, starting 1 through 18, but we're going to go ahead and slowly go through it. And I want to point some things out. If you know, I'll give you a little backdrop on this. Acts chapter 3, this is the the first church in Jerusalem. Young Christians getting started in Acts chapter 1, you know that Jesus and, and the disciples came together. Jesus ascended told them to go pray, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. About 40, 50 days later, Holy Spirit came, and in chapter 2, and they did speak in tongues, and there was a sign. They spoke in known tongues. It was a sign to point them to the sermon, which uh, Peter preached, and when Peter preached it, next thing you know, 3,000 people got born again. The same Peter who denied Jesus in the Gospels, the same Peter who continued putting his foot in his mouth, the same Peter who just almost lost his faith, because, you know, Peter, he was strong. He moved forward, and he made a lot of mistakes. But it doesn't matter how many mistakes you long long as you have the Holy Spirit. A same fisherman did a miracle thing. He spoke. 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. The church got formed. They broke into groups. This happened not inside a building. It happened out. And now we're going to go to chapter 3 where the things are starting to go, and you're going to see some things here that Peter and John are going to stay going to the temple because they didn't give up the temple worship. They went there for prayer. Now, they didn't have to go there for a sacrifice because they already know the true sacrifice was Jesus Christ. So they went there for prayer, and let's look at it. We're going to start reading that. But I wanted to start off because I said, man, I'm going to preach this in the first sentence got to me. It said, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour, which is actually three o'clock in the afternoon. They had three times to pray in the morning, afternoon, and evening. This was the evening prayer, evening time, sacrifices for prayer. But what got me was some guys went to prayer. They went to prayer. Hello, guys. I go to prayer. It's only ladies in prayer. No guys are going to prayer. How many guys want to lead your family the way Jesus said lead them? Well, come pray with us. Come pray with me. I'm the only guy in there. Is that okay? I don't get to say anything because I don't want to say anything. These ladies can pray. They'll paint off the walls. But it's something powerful when men show up to pray. Because what God has ordained for men to lead, and when they start stepping into that role, the spiritual role, our nation shall change. Okay, I'm not going to be on that because his Father's Day is past. so I'm going to keep moving. All right. And a, lay, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. And it's called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter decided, directed his gaze at him, as John did, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took them by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate at the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement of what happened to him. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's, our Solomon's porch. And when Peter saw, he addressed the people, the men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as though by your own, my own power, by our own power or piety, we have made him walk? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today, God, that the word that is spoken today, God, will be received mixed with faith. Father, I pray that you uh, increase our faith, energize our faith, and we just give you praise. Help us to learn in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As I told you earlier, this miracle took place in open, in the spot about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Now, it's interesting because the lame man, he had people carry him there every day at the, the gate called Beautiful, and it was a beautiful gate. If you know about it, they said it was, and writers are kind of wiffy waffling about which one that gate it was. I know it was a gate to the Gentiles and also the women. The women had a separate entrance, and the Gentiles, the non-Jews, had a separate entrance into the temple. But also, that was a place where the, the money was going to be given. So they would sit a guy down in his condition, and he would wait and sit there and hoping that someone generous, some Christian, someone generous, or, will give him some alms, some finances. And it was interesting that the lame man wanted to be supported in the condition he was in. Listen to that. The lame man wanted to be supported in the condition he was in, but God wanted to completely change his condition. See, your expectation is a whole lot different. Here's sometime in an American church or just church in general, we like to celebrate our failures. Why we celebrate our failures, what does your expectation level look like lately? Are you expecting to say the same if you come here? Or you expect to be changed by God? To the level of your expectation, you shall receive. He was expecting to stay that condition. He wanted him to reinforce that condition. But the church of Jesus Christ, when you come here or when you are with people, we, God wants to change your life. He doesn't want to make it over. He wants to make it brand spanking new. So he's expecting. Now, he had an expectation for the wrong thing. But at least he had it. But here's the amazing thing here. The miracle took place. Peter said, grabbed him by his right hand, pulled him up, said his legs and his ankles strengthened. And he was leaping, leaping and walking and praising God. Now, I was looking at that. I said, you know, I've read that a hundred times. But then you got, if you have a child if you raised children, you can look at the scripture a whole lot different. You know, when a young child Wants to to start to walk. Like our son, we used to call him Scooter. Still only wanted to walk at two months. He would scoot. And he would climb up, you know, trying to walk. And he'd get up and hold up and he'd do like this. "Mm," His legs and then go like that. And he couldn't, you know, he's trying to walk. A new baby's trying to walk. Trying to find their balance. Trying to do all those things so they don't fall over. And you're saying, good, that's great, that's great. You say, oh, no, move the furniture. They hit the head, that's okay. The boys, they're supposed to do that. <laughs> and then over time, they learned to walk. But this guy, lame from birth, had no recognizable thing of what it looked like to walk. He had no port of reference of what it looked like to walk. He got up like, I've been walking all my life and leaping and walking. I think the brother had to walk like this. You know, when you're feeling good, right? You just glide. I know you wanna learn this, don't you? Only brothers know how to do that. Okay, get with you some brothers, we'll teach you how to walk that way. Anyway, (laughs) love my man. And he was leaping and praising God. Had no point of reference. Our father, when he touches your life, He has no point. He just says, I'm going to restore you whole. You can walk around. I was like, no, you're not. You're brand spanking new. No point of reference. Then the people saw him leaping and praising God. And he held on to those men. Because you know about discipleship. Teach me. After you you healed me, now teach me. It's amazing. When you read that, our God in one moment, under the name of Christ, in Jesus' name, things take place. problem we read this, sometimes with the people we're doing here, we focus on the individual doing the healing. But we miss it because it's tangible in front of us. It's Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. That's what the books of Acts is about. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. The New Testament church Us, Grace Point Church, Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit working through us. And you don't have to put it on. It's yours. He's inside of you if you know who Jesus is. Leaping and praising God. And you see what happens there. Every miracle. Peter's on the scene again. Why are you looking at me? Don't make a ministry out of me. Don't call this is Peter at the beautiful gate ministries. Come on now, we know them. The apostle so-and-so with two people. He healed someone 20 years ago. Now he has his own ministry. What happens is, on the flip side, when we start thinking that it's us, we don't step out because we're worried about our results. Think about it. When you know it's Jesus telling you to do something, Peter didn't step out on some whim. He stepped out by the Holy Spirit. When you know the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, the results belong to him, not to me. And you'll say, well, nothing happened. I bet you something does happen because no one turns away prayer and no one turns away laying hands on them. Something takes place. Now, they're going to be immediate, but I know one thing is going to be ultimately done. And that's what it is. He made him walk. Tell him to get up. And they were looking at him. They ran to him. Peter, John, you guys are awesome. And now always, every miracle leads to a message. Because then you're going to see the second sermon of Peter. I'm not going to get to the end of it. But at the end of that, 5,000 people gave their life to Jesus. Because a miracle always points you to the word. I love what, I love what, um. John Piper says in the scripture, he called the wonder and the word. The wonder attracts the crowd to the word. A wonder and the word. The wonder, the amazement attract the crowd. And now Peter's going to give the word. Any miracle we do, you see. You want it to point to Christ. Not to us. When we step out in faith, and I'm hoping as you start hearing about the miracles, people at your workplace who have been coming to you every week talking about how sick they are, that you just stop. Don't worry about being embarrassed. Just worry about glory. Don't even worry about glory. Just glorify God. But you have the expectation that God will do what he says he's going to do. Immediately or ultimately. It doesn't matter to me. Because a, you know, a thousand years is one day, and a day is one thousand to the Lord. But his time is always perfect. Because you've got to realize, this guy was over 40. If you go to Acts chapter 4, tw- verse 22, this guy was over 40 years old. So Jesus was going in and out the gate the whole time watching this guy, setting him up. Yeah, in about, about, three, wow, about three years and six months, you'll be getting up. I bet you wouldn't have told Peter back then. You're going to raise that. Peter would have said, oh, no. So he saw Jesus going in and out that gate, but God's timing's always on time. He was a candidate for healing. He was a candidate for a miracle. If you're going through some horrendous stuff right now, you are a candidate for a miracle. If you, let me tell you a good place to be where no one else can help you. I can't. A song can't. Only Jesus can Isn't that the best place to be? Y'all are no, really, not really. (laughs) You got to realize it. Two things when you look at this scripture, when we look at this passage, we're going to read on. Number one, miracles reflect the character of God, and miracles reveal the person of Jesus. Those are two main points of this. Miracles reflect the character of God. Let's keep reading in verse 13 through 15. Peter is responding. The God of Abraham, Isaac, God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead, to this we are witnesses. Wow, they just saw an amazing thing take place, and then they get rebuked by the apostle. How do you like that type of preaching? No one will come back if I preach like that, right? You killed, but we're all guilty of killing Jesus. Through our sin. God had to redeem man. You can't say, I was born good. No, you weren't. I didn't that up. He's talking about all the way back here from the salvation. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I come all the way from Genesis when Abraham was the man of faith and we are his offspring. He takes it all the way back then. I'm talking about that. He directs them to the story of God's salvation. Because the miracle occurred this way. The reason why it occurred. Because a loving God continuously reaches out to us even when we deny him, and we're rebellious. His love is overwhelming, like we heard this morning. He still reaches down and wants to touch his people. He does it today. He'll go to anyone you're trying to witness to somebody who needs a miracle or needs some life, he will get and show up, not because of their character, because of your faith. He loves doing that, because he loves people. The reason why we all have gifts and callings, because of the people outside of us. It's not because we're good at it. It's because he wants to reach those people. It has nothing to do with my personality. Hey, God, you really love me because I have these gifts? No, I want you to take that gift and use it outside. Use the exhortation gift. Exhort them people. You need to exhort a lot of people today because people are just feeling like, oh, my gosh, life is getting crazy. No, it was like that in the 50s. It was like that in the 40s. It was like that in the 30s. You know why? You didn't know about it like you know now. Internet keeps you closer. When we have Internet, we only had the the roll phones, and news was only a half hour, you didn't know much. But now we know how things are starting to accelerate. But it's amazing. But a loving God, despite our hard hearts, reaches out to us in rebellion. Moses saw that too. As Peter was directing people to the glory of God, not himself. Moses saw this when they, doing another miracle, When the children of Israel were leaving and and God parted the Red Sea for them to go through. And it said they went through on dry land. And all of a sudden, the enemy tried to chase them down. And God closed that water on them, destroyed them all. And they got on the other side and you get to Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. And you have the song of Miriam. It's a song. She said, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is you? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. Who did that? Not Moses. He told, in fact, he told Moses, shut up and raise the staff. You're talking too much. Because everyone, they're going to come get me? He says, quiet, just raise the staff. And he did the wonder. And they got over and had a party. uh, Exodus chapter 15, read that whole thing. They glorified God and who he was and what he did for them. You know, whenever you're in a jam, don't look at the jam. Glorify God and your whole demeanor will change. We need that more today than anything else. We don't need a song. We need him. David said the same thing. In Psalms chapter 8, another song. How many like to sing? See, songs are all in the Bible. See, hymns they call it. 8, chapter 1 through 4. This is David. Oh, Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory far above, your glory above the heavens. Out of mouths and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. To still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moons and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? couple things here. Out of mouths and baby and infants, you have established strength. I'm talking about praise. And look what praise does. Look what praise does. Sometimes you say, why you make us scream so much? Look what praise does. It steals the enemy. He says, oh, man. He can't move. Now, unforgiving heart or a complainer, he's going to rest right in your soul. Oh, Lord, it's all. Yeah, it is bad, isn't it? Come on, let me go. Bring my boys with me. You start praising God, you repel the enemy. I love that commercial with the mosquitoes when it's flying all down and, they get, and they're doing a the thing down here and that big dome shows up. Boom, 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 boom. When you're praising God, it's like a force field goes up. But you know what the difference is? Nothing's really changed except your heart. Your heart, you turn your position and your perspective on the way God sees it, not the way you see it. You see it from the valley up. God sees it from heaven down. Now, when you look and you keep going through this, heavens above put the stars in place. Do you know anybody who put the stars in place the sun in place, I don't know anybody that does that except God Almighty himself. When you see that, you, in Texas, I love because in New York, there's nothing but pollution. You cannot see stars. Even at the Empire State Building, there's something cloud over it. But in Texas, we got the greatest stars. You can see everything. We got good air. It's stretched out. Look at that. When you look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you set in place. This is amazing. It took me back all the way to creation, how God created everything first and then put us in what he created. So we were born without a need. We were born without a need. The trees, anything you want, the animals, name the animals, do what you want to do. He didn't put them there first. Now, hey, just fend for yourself. He put everything there first, and then he put man in the middle of it. This is yours. So we were born without a need. And you don't believe me? When you were a child, you didn't have a need, you had a mama. Some of them teenagers, they're not needing anything. They got y'all, right? Exactly, that's how God works. When you see that, it gives you a bigger perspective. Who created those stars? And y'all you know saying it's been so hot, I hate the sun. Who created the sun? You face that if He can do that, if He can hang the stars and He can put the things in place. Surely, surely <laughs> He can help me pay His note off. Surely He can take my runaway teenager and bring him back. Surely, I mean, is that too hard for God? No. That's why praise is so awesome because you rec- start to real reposition your mind and your heart to what he does. Second one is miracles reveal the person of Jesus. sixteen through eighteen, Peter continues preaching. He said by and, and his name, by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through. Jesus, everyone say through Jesus, has been given, has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but, the God, but God, what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that, that his Christ would suffer, thus he thus fulfilled. Again, it's amazing when you read about Christ's death, how God orchestrated all of it that Christ had to help them because they were getting a little slow on getting it done. But how it points you and how Peter was elevating Jesus. Faith in his name. The faith that Christ gives us in his name. I cannot say in the name of Christian, run out. And I cannot say in the name that of of Jesus who Christian preaches run out. There's a couple brothers that did that in Acts chapter 7. Sons of Sceva. They got beat so bad they run out of the room naked. The one that Peter preaches. I mean the one that Paul preaches. They say, oh we know Paul. (laughs) Ha ha ha. We don't know you. So we can take you. How about you? You know Jesus? Do you really know him? The person or is he a Sunday thing? Think about it. I want to challenge you on that. Is he everything, the center, or just something you take off the shelf when you need something? Because everybody wants power, but no one wants to be in the presence. They want a one-week, hey, help me, fix me. Charge me, send me out the door. But are you really serving? Look at, look at me. Are you really serving the king of kings and Lord? See, you're the center of your life. That's the question when you talk, because these are the guys, when they're doing miracles, they start taking places, everyday things. See, a miracle to God is nothing. That's what he does. That is an everyday life to him. And for us, it should be every day when we lay hands or whenever we want to help people. It should be an everyday thing. If we're in a deep relationship with Jesus, not the one your mother talked about, the one that Jesus revealed to you. I mean, really, it has nothing to do with trying to convince anybody about anything. If Jesus is not the center of your life, you'll live a marginal life. Could I be real with you? If he's just something, that's all you'll get, just Something. Because the days of saying, I can just have this casual relationship, you're going to get killed. Because everyone else is stepping up right now and talking about some things, that hey, and we're all getting upset about it. But, you know, if we were serious, they couldn't step up. But this is our greatest hour as a church, as believers. We can't be apathetic with Christ. He wasn't apathetic with us. Shouldn't be. Unless you lost your purpose on what this is all about. But the time of the living now is now in Christ alone. Like, someone, like um, Pastor Sammy said, I live with him, I die with him. Not this casual thing on a Sunday afternoon. Now I have an experience with Christ. Now I want to know Christ. He always said, I want you to connect Relationally, with Jesus, because the wonder attracts the crowd to the word. Here's the thing. that I, I wrote this down. I said, if we see God do miracles in our lives, in this church, and it doesn't draw people closer to Jesus, we missed it. If it draws us back to a show, we have definitely missed it. If it doesn't point us to Christ, we are off. Because every miracle always leads to the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's everything. And that's one of the greatest things we need to have a revelation of. Is he everything to you? Or is he just a casual, I only come because I want something. I did that playing basketball. I grew up Lutheran. I went to church because I wanted to play basketball. And as long as I went to church, we had attendance. And the pastor kind of lowered the boom on us. So you're going to be part of this church. Or you won't be no, we'll cancel that basketball program. See, here's the thing. When we have a time, we come together. We ought to be giving to the Lord, not trying to receive anything. We ought to be giving him praise. Not, that's, oh, y'all need to pump me up. Pump me up. No, you need to be pumping Jesus up. He'll pump you up. So we flip this thing. Because I want to say thank you, Lord. You chose me. (laughs) Oh, man, I wouldn't have. Your grace is a um, way overwhelming. Your love is fantastic. Wow, you are so awesome. You're a mighty God. You do all things well. Wow. You don't lose your wonder and amazement. I don't have to wait for a miracle. I just look up in the morning and say, man, the sun is hanging. Wow, the stars tonight. Wow, we had great rain. Wow, we're not dying. We're not losing anything. We still have air to breathe. Who gave you all that? Not the Big Bang? God Almighty himself. And Jesus, his son, Why I could not, I could not live good enough for him to come save me. I couldn't even say, he had my credentials. He said, no, I'm going to send my son, even though I didn't deserve it, to die on the cross for my sins, the ones I committed, the ones I'm going to commit. It is wiped clean. Who cannot praise a God like that? The ones who don't know him. really know him. This is hard for guys because we're so masculine. Jesus was the most masculine brother on the planet. How would I treat my wife? Hey, hon, (laughs) I love you. See you once a week. If it rains, I won't see you at all. You see how that feels? When he says marriage reflects the relationship between Christ and the church? Come on now. We want to see miracles, but we got to be in Christ. That's why it points us to Jesus. Oh, we look at the signs and the wonders. That's great. But the reason why they're there, to the point us to Jesus, not to us to glorify ourselves in him. I've been to churches like that. Had a great time. We fell down four times. No one's changed. No one's born again. Nothing's happening. Who wants to do that? When I can go lay hands on somebody and prophesy and speak life over them in the workplace, and they're gonna say, "Man, how'd you know I needed that?" I said, "Man, the God I serve knew that. I don't know anything. In fact, I haven't had my coffee yet." (laughs) Come on, somebody. We serve the signs and the wonders. He is the sign. He is the wonder. reason why he says this, he's the author and the pioneer of two lives. He was responsible for my physical life, and he was responsible for my second life, my spiritual life. He's the author of it. Nothing was created for him without him. Everything was created for him, and without them, nothing was created. Jesus is the man. And his signs and wonders are just a byproduct. Hebrews 2.10 says, was fitting for That he, for for whom and by whom all things exist, bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Wow. For whom and by whom all things, bringing my sons, many sons. See, I'm a son. That's you he's talking about. Many sons to glory. Those who know Jesus, you're the many sons. When you see way back in Psalms 8, so, what is man that you mind from? He loved you so much. He created, he says, I still think you're significant. Bring in, thought about bringing me to glory. Bringing you to glory. Has nothing to do with what doing, what's going on in your life right now. Intrinsically, you are valuable. And he always reaches first. 12, 2, Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, we were the joy, set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sit at the right hand of the throne of God. Whoa. The joy set before him. That word looking to Jesus means to trust Jesus. Trust him with your marriage. Trust him with your very being. Go to him first before you go find someone else. Or go to him until he can tell you where to go to. We go to a finding. We have an accountant for our house. God told us where to go. We had to go to a a godly man, Dave Ramsey, to give me a godly man to manage our finances. He gave us the godly man. Why? Because I want him to be the center, not a part. As a guy, it's tough for us because we take this on the shelf, put that back on the shelf, family time, we, comp- we got compartments. Christ has to be the center of our compartment. And it's so important for the young people to notice because can I say something, older folks? They're looking at you. You see, if this thing real, or is this just a game? Because I can go do something else. I'll find a supernatural thing and you, know, they don't, you don't want them to be on that side. You want to be on the God side. What's our response to all this? How do we respond? He says this in Acts chapter 9, 3, 19 and 20. He said, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. The times of refreshing Times of refreshing may come from where? The presence of the Lord, and that he may send his Christ appointed for you. He's talking about when you turn and you repent. One, if you don't know Jesus, you repent and say, I don't know him. I want to know him. One, if you've been walking away from him, you repent, and it says the presence of the Lord. Refreshment comes. I looked up the word refreshing. It means to restore and revive. Everybody wants revival, but revival will cost you. We couldn't sustain revival because we were taking the gifts and everything else and putting it on ourselves versus pointing people to Christ. And the new people will come in. We will sustain something for over a hundred years. Sister, so repent. Think different. Turn. So where's refreshing come? In the presence of the Lord. Can I, an old man gave me this advice? Over to me. So you want to stay joyful in ministry he said yeah he said love always and repent quickly for any given day I need to repent any given hour I need to repent my wife said any given minute you need to repent and refreshing comes there's no refreshment apart from Jesus Jesus It's a temporary thing. But all of us, I even repent, Father, I I repent for my omission. Just seeing things, I want to complain about it, versus being in the Great Commission and making a difference. Taking you casual. And I'm just lethargic now. Monday through Friday, I'm at work early. Sunday, man, man, man. And I'm the preacher. Because I let some things weigh me down. And then refreshing came. How about you? Where you at with Christ? Where are you? Are you Adam hiding in the bushes? Or is he every day and not afraid to show it? You know what's going to change the world? You know who God chose? Us. Don't look at yourself. I'm not qualified. I'm not have education. are you going to tell God he don't know what he's doing? That begging man, I tell you, the guy was begging, who got up and walked, he witnessed the more people in that temple just walking and leaping and praising God. They're like, whoa, who is that? Jesus, 5,000 people got saved because they saw him living out his faith. And energy and love. And leaping is part of work, is part of praise. We get uncomfortable with that. It might not be your personality, but sometimes it let it leap on the inside of you. Every head bowed, every eye closed.